Welcome to my podcast, Traumatic Transformations, where we help you find hope, peace, and purpose after a big life change or a traumatic event. I'm your host, Gunjani Patel, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist, trauma specialist, and a neuroscience nerd. Join me as I dive deep into resiliency, post-traumatic growth, and normalize mental health to reduce the stigma associated with it. In each episode, I plan to deliver science-backed, actionable tips and strategies so you can take back the control over your life and be inspired to be the best version of yourself with each day forward. So tune in every Tuesday for a featured guest and every Thursday for a solo episode with me, where we unpack mind, body, brain, and spirit connections related to each episode with the featured guest. Just a quick disclaimer before we begin today. The purpose of this podcast is to inform you, educate you, and raise your awareness. It is not intended to replace any medical advice or professional help seeking that you may need. So please use this information wisely and any opinion that I cast is not to replace any medical advice. And quickly before we start today, I just wanted to ask you a favor. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to subscribe so you never have to miss an episode. Thank you so much. And if you rate and review, it would really help us with the algorithm so people can easily search the show if they would like. So I would really love to hear your feedback and what you have to say uh, so I can bring you the content that's most fit for you. Thank you so much. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Traumatic Transformations. Today we have with us Ayala Chuel. She's a doula, speaker, and an educated educator for mothers and birth professionals. I especially love that she's joining us because she's a true New Yorker at heart. She was in Brooklyn, New York, but now is joining us from another part of the world, and she is now residing in Israel with her family. So really excited to have you here. Over the 16 years of working in perinatal care, she has used her experience, knowledge, and intuition to guide mothers as they create their own positive, powerful birth stories. So thank you and welcome to the show, Ayala. So happy to have you here. Thank you so much, Ganjani. It is so I'm really, really happy to be here. And I love like being with somebody else who has a name that nobody else can say. So thank you for saying my name right. And I hope I got your name right. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I totally couldn't agree more. Yes, my name has been a process, especially living in America. But I really appreciate you pronouncing it. So I'm glad I didn't chop your name off and do a bad job. Perfect. Thank Perfect. You. So <laughs> Thank you. welcome to the show and let's dive right into it, Ayelet. I am. We've had a conversation about this before, so I want to sort of uh, talk about, I know you're an expert and a doula and, you know, um, your story is amazing. So I want to be able to talk about some of the rough and the suffering and the adversity part of your life um, and then what you learned from it and, you know, wh- what made you who you are today. So let's talk about, give, just so my listeners have a context about you, tell us a little bit about you and the traumatic part of your story that, um, you know, yeah. Yeah, 
Sure. Um, so not to tell you my whole life story. Oh, absolutely. You have 45 minutes. Forever. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But that was my, there's my New Yorker came out there. Yes, forever. yes. Um, <laughs> like action bite-sized people, right? <laughs> you, totally. <laughs> but um, I, uh, so I had my first son was born in, uh, in a hospital in New Jersey, um, made me realize that I could go, I could tell you that story one day. Um, sure. you can but it made back. me realize that, yeah, I could be back. <laughs> um, it made me realize that the way that I was, tr- what I needed mm-hmm. in order to just do my birth thing was to be left alone. And that was like the farthest from what happened. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what I really just wanted was to like, I didn't want to have to fight. My, my whole birth was fighting to be left alone and to just be able to do my thing. Mm. And so in my second birth, when I, before I got pregnant again and in the looking for, you know, options, I, I, I decided I, my husband and I, we sat down and it was a long conversation um, and a journey in its own right to come to the realization that for us, um, having our baby at home would really be the best thing for us. And um, yeah, and you know, it was just like, if I wanted to just create the environment in advance, Hmm. where when you know when I come to give birth the only people who are going to be there are the people who I invited who hmm. know what I want who are going to who I can trust and trust me and it's my environment and if we were to end up in the hospital for some reason I would know that it was because this is what we really needed to do and otherwise I was just going to be allowed to do my thing Absolutely. and it was it was amazing it was just it was it was exactly exactly what I wanted oh, it was nice. a beautiful beautiful birth and uh uh, of my daughter, and um, and then we picked up and moved halfway across the world to oh. Israel, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was pregnant with my third at the time, and I was thinking, I'm a doula now. I did my doula training after that home birth when I realized like women need to know what's out there. They need to know their options, and I want to be able to support people in that process, and uh, I'm a doula now. I've had a home birth. I've had two babies. I know this stuff, you know, inside and out. And uh, even though like we moved around, we didn't find our place right away. After we moved to Israel, we moved again mm-hmm. uh, in in Israel to like to a different place. Um, I think I was like 30 weeks pregnant when mm-hmm. we arrived at where we were when I had my baby mm-hmm. and I was like, so I'm going to have a home birth again. And all I need is a midwife and it doesn't matter who she is. Right. Like right. just somebody who can catch the baby. I know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so I got uh, some recommendations and I gave this woman a call and uh, we didn't like, we didn't hit it off per se, but she sounded good. Right. And I didn't have much op- many options at that point. And I was just like, all right, let's go. So throughout my prenatal care with her, which was only a few weeks, mm-hmm. um, I just kept having these weird red flags about our relationship and about how she was acting with me. And I kind of like pushed them to the side. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, anyway, I really don't have a choice because I'm not going to give birth in the hospital. And that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, 
when I when I went into labor um, the first time, uh, she drove out. So she lives about she lived about an hour and a half from me. Mm-hmm. She drove out to me, and the minute she walked in the door, my contractions stopped. Mm. Yeah, and we did everything to bring them back. Everything, everything, everything you can possibly imagine. Nothing worked. So after a while, she went home. Uh, and a few days later, my contractions started again. Okay. And she came out. And my contractions stopped. Oh. And I mean, I'd been having contractions all day. Like I waited this time. Wow. And she came out and they stopped. And in retrospect, I can tell you that I think that my body you know, my brain was mm. like, no, I just, I'm just going to trust this person. And my body was like, no, I don't trust this person. Yes. And I just, you know, shut down just goes to show like how much we carry how, stuff in how, our body. Yes. And how intelligent our bodies are. Yes. If we could trust them, yes. <laughs> um, you know, and, uh, and so after a very long uh, stop and start kind of laboring, session. Um, she checked everything, you know, she checked the baby, she listened to the baby's heart rate and she, uh, checked my blood pressure and did the whole, you know, basic prenatal exam. Everything was fine. And she said, listen, I think that, uh, the next time you go you know, your contractions start up again, you should just go to the hospital. Mm. And I was like, what, why, (laughs) what, (laughs) you know? And she was like, well, all this start and stop labor isn't good for the baby. I was like, do you have any, anything to indicate that? Like, is the baby okay? No, the baby's fine. The baby's fine, but it's really, really not safe. And, um, and I think you should go, go have the baby in the hospital. And then she left. Mm. And I like, you know, <laughs> I, well, listen, you know, I had a lot of thoughts in my head at that time. Yeah. It was like, did I just, you know, do it on my own? Right. Uh, is there anyone else who I can call now? What are my options? Right. And I spoke to a midwife friend of mine who was not nearby. Um, and she, she made it really clear to me. She's like, listen, your midwife has, has, you know, a bit like she's, she's left you. She's stepped out of this relationship. Right. She's not going, she does not want to attend your home birth. So you no longer have a home birth midwife. So what do you want to do? Right. And, um, and so I decided like, you know, cried a lot and my husband and I talked it out and, and I said, I guess, I guess our, our only option is to go to the hospital. Right. So the next day, and she told me that she would come with, I called her. I called her and I said, okay, you know, we've discussed it and we'll, we'll, you know, you're my midwife and I trust you. And this is, if that's what you say, then that's what we'll do. And she said, and I'll come with you and I know them there and they're going to take good care of you. And I was like, okay, fine. Um, So the next day I spoke to, we didn't even have a car at the time. Like we were just arrived (laughs) and I, yeah. So I called my, I spoke to my neighbor and um, you know, I'm telling a lot more of this story than I expected to. (laughs) It's been a long time since I told the whole story. Uh, We'll see where I, where I condense it. But um, anyway, we decided we would go and check out the hospital that day. Uh, And so we were preparing for that. And then my contractions started again and they were intense, crazy strong. Wow. 
and my mom, who had who was who had arrived to to be with me for the birth uh, a few days before, she was like, "I don't think you're making it to the hospital because we were we were a good forty five minutes from the hospital." Oh, wow! Yeah, yeah. And so she called the midwife, mm. and without really talking to me, she was like, "I don't think we're making it to the hospital. What should we do?" And she's like, "Okay, I'm coming." Mm. And she didn't make sense anyway because it would have taken us. It would have been faster for us to get to that. Like, right. there were a lot of things that didn't um, make sense. Right. Um, in retrospect, I found out later when I spoke to the midwife uh, that she uh, thought we did it on purpose mm. to force her to come, even though she said she wouldn't. And so mm. she had made the decision. Uh, she's like, I wasn't good. Right. The, the, the conversation after wasn't a happy conversation. Right. And she said something to the effect of, there was no way I was going to be attending you at home after that. Okay. So she had made that decision. <laughs> I didn't know. Right. Um, anyway, so she came and she made up something and sure. said, we have to go to the hospital. Okay. Um, the baby was in danger. You have to go to the hospital. And in my heart, I knew that nothing was wrong and I just wanted to stay home. And nobody was there. I didn't have a doula, right? right I didn't have somebody right. there to say, well, how are you feeling? Yeah. And yeah. so I had my husband who he doesn't know any better. And my right. mother who was, you know, a wonderful and, and amazing advocate, but she didn't know any better. Right. So they called the ambulance. Right. And my son was born in the ambulance. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yes. Um, at the, at the, I remember, I'll tell you one specific thing I remember we're, we're driving and it was a very bumpy road. It's like mm-hmm. winding roads down the mountains. And I just, I was pushing. I was like, I wanted to push. Right. And, um, and I kept telling them to stop, like right. just stop the ambulance yes. and let me push this baby out. And, and the, they, they kept like, I saw the like the EMT that was sitting next to me right. and like signaled to the driver. It was like, don't stop, you know? And, and they were like, oh, oh yeah, we'll stop. We'll stop. And I remember looking at this side, if you've ever been in an ambulance, yes, yes, have, yes. Like, all the supplies on the yes. side. And I remember looking at all the supplies and thinking, what can I throw at the driver to make him stop? <laughs> so thankfully I had the presence of mind to not do that because we would have gone over a cliff, but um yeah. <laughs> but that was like a clear memory in my mind. Like, what can I, you know, right. I, to stop I, and just be heard, be heard and, and yeah. be cared for and, yes. and trusted. Right. And that was not what was happening. So I did give birth to him in the ambulance. I did mm. give birth to him kneeling, mm. um, which is my preferred uh, position for birthing. Right. Uh, and I did catch him myself. Wow. Um, which could have been a very, you know, emotionally positive experience but for me it just felt like nobody was there for me and I had to do this myself wow and um and then and the midwife had ridden with us in the hospital and uh, in the ambulance and she had basically sat on her hands the whole time and she just literally sat on her hands and just was like calling things out to me um yeah, and then Notice we got in. Next time, trust your intuition. Trust if you have intu- red flags from the very beginning about Correct. any professional that is going to be involved in your birthing process. Because that's Like you said 100%. earlier that you had your had red flags going, but you pushed them away. Your intuition or your higher power or your gut feeling, whatever you call it, mamas or men who are there for their partners. Papa. Absolutely, Papa. absolutely. 
follow your intuition because it yes. is telling you and warning you from heads up from the get go. Do not ignore it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, and she even at the, at, like, she even left immediately afterwards. Like we got admitted like before they finished stitching me up. She was gone. Wow. Like, okay, well I have a ride. I'm going to go back and get my car. Bye. Okay. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah. And, and I really, I was left with these feelings of, I had been abandoned. Yeah. I'd been unheard, but more than that, it was, how could I let that happen? There was a lot of shame. Yes. Yes. I should have known better. better. Yes. Right. And, and so I, I I mean, I'm very blessed to have, I feel like I did have some very strong intuition Mm -hmm. afterwards. Um, You know, they gave me my son and, and he was like fussy and he wasn't nursing and they were like, Oh, do you want us to take him to the nursery? I was like, Oh no. <laughs> you know, I was like, no, no, I'm fine. He doesn't right. need anything. Right. I'm like, okay, okay. You know, and then uh when we finally got to a room to ourselves, I he was just he was totally fussy. Aww. And it occurred to me that he also went through something. Yes. You know? And I don't know how I knew that in the moment. That was a very mm. just strong mother intuition. And so Absolutely. I remember like leaning back against the bed and I leaned, propped him up facing me on my knees and I just looked him in the eyes and we had a conversation. I said, that was, that, that sucked, huh? Right. <laughs> you know? And he was like gesticulating and talking. Um, he really was talking. Too. Oh my goodness. Really and I gave him. We yeah. as pregnant mothers, what we go through, our children know. They just yes. know for the life within us know. Um, and good and bad. But I think regardless, just like anything else in life, I'm very big on conscious parenting or conscious living. I don't think ignoring or denying anything makes any, it resolves anything or heals anything. I think addressing it, coming to terms with it and communicating about it is a healthier way to go about it than, oh, let's act like nothing happened. And it'll oh, just- Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. One, I mean, one of the major aspects of what creates a trauma, because we all go through things. And one of the things that creates a trauma, as you know, is not being able to talk about it. Exactly. That isolation and the, you know, and the shame of of not being able to speak. So, I I mean, it was more visceral for him, I guess, at that point, but I gave him that opportunity to talk it out. And then he really like, he calmed down. We Uh talked about it. I was like, yeah, that was hard. It wasn't the way we wanted to do this, you know, and then he calmed down and I looked at him. I was like, you ready to nurse now? And he kind of nodded. I don't know. He probably didn't, (laughs) but in my mind he did. And I, I literally, I put him on the breast. He started, you know, nursing right away and he fell Uh asleep and it was beautiful. So, um, so that was the, the, the beautiful part. And, you know, there were definitely moments that I could pick out and say these were special moments, but all in all, I felt really let down, um, unheard, powerless. Yes. Um, you know, I felt that I had put, been put through something that I did not expect and, and right. didn't want. And you um, went through it. It just sounds like you went through the traumatic birth, you know, and yeah most a lot of women go through that just and 
not even recognize or realize that that's even happening for them, you know, um, because in our, it, because sometimes we, we don't know if this is normal because we, as women, we go through so many hormonal changes, all these changes going on in our bodies, in our brain, like you said, you know, earlier the way, and I'm really big on how intelligent our body is and how yeah. it tends to hold on to some of the things that we intuitively know, ignore, and then, you know, sort of, um, store in our bodies. It has a way of keeping scores. So I really think that, you know, our body knows certain things that we don't and we shouldn't not pay attention to those signals and those red flags or those things that we're trying to. It's not I think it's good to be prepared so we're not caught, you know, um, like blindsided by it. But I don't think living in that stress and reliving it over and over helps either. So, um, right. so from from your experience and from you were telling me, so what did the healing part of your journey look like? And <laughs> right, because yeah, yeah. And yeah. what would you tell my audience if they were to go through something? What would what do you, what would you recommend from your expertise? Well, what happened for me was that uh, I like made a decision after he was born that I was not going to go back to birth work. Like clearly, mm-hmm. I'm not meant to be a doula, and mm-hmm. you know, which was really hard for me. Yeah. It was heart wrenching. Um, and then I found out that I was pregnant again, a little sooner than we expected. Right. Um, and so for me, it was this like mad rush to clear those emotions before I came to this birth. Right. Um, so I would say. If you're listening to this and you're recognizing some of the feelings, not the same experience, right? My right. story is different than your story. Right. And for you, it might have been not being able to get the epidural when you expected to have one. It might be having an unexpected or, or emergency C-section. It might have been forced into being into having an induction. Like it could be whatever it was for you. Right. Um, but those feelings coming right. away from that feeling unheard, bullied, abandoned, ashamed. Um, those are the words that I that I Thank you for saying that because we don't, as society, acknowledge emotions. We think that's weak. We think it'll go away. Let's think ourselves out of it, you know, and all these different things that we feel. We're meant to be strong. Women are super moms. Get over it. That's the language we tend to normally have. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I am in this journey of this podcast is because I absolutely want to normalize when we talk about certain things, we empower people going through it. So if we as a society are emotionally intelligent, we focus so much on intelligence, intellect. So I think it's just as important to acknowledge that emotions exist just because you're a man or just because you're a super mom doesn't mean that you don't feel or the emotions don't exist in you. They are just our alert system of letting us know there's something wrong or right, acknowledge it, you know, go through it, process it and let go. Or otherwise we tend to store it and it causes all this havoc in our bodies, brains, minds, spirit, everything. 100%. We definitely hold on to it and uh, and it stays and it comes out when we don't want it to. Yep. Um, in the form of all kinds of oh, things well like triggers and flashbacks and, you know, bad dreams and, and, and decisions made from fears and all these kinds of things that though, if you, hold on to those emotions and you hold on to those, that trauma, right? Then yeah, it will come out. And so I would say, don't wait until you're pregnant again. <laughs> um, find, find the, uh, and for some of the people here, you're not, that's not on your agenda and maybe right. it never was, or maybe it isn't now because of right. what you experienced. Um, don't wait, don't wait to, to 
make space for your healing. Um, you know, at some point I'd love to talk a little bit about the Birthing Our Stories workshop, which is my uh, offering yes. um, for, for how to, to do this, but there are other modalities of birth tra trauma processing um, and just find the one that works, that seems right to you and do it or do seven of them. Like do, do something to process your trauma because you will hold on to it. And I'm speaking to the mothers and the fathers the partners you have, you know, just for a minute, let me, let me just for a minute divert yes, yes, yes. To, to dad. Um, you are in a really uh, unique situation as the partner during a birth experience. Um, you, you're playing three roles, right? You're, you're the, you're the partner of yes. this woman who you love Right. Um, you are the father of this child being born and you're an outside observer. And in those three uh, roles, you are having this this experience, you know, that is vastly different from the right. experience that the woman who's giving birth is having. And that experience has its own validity. And you you also should make space to to process and there are you know many different ways of doing that um but don't deny you know if you're feeling like that was awful and right. all the feelings that come with it my my wife could have died or they told me she could have died i don't know if that's true i didn't do anything right. so, you know I like all of those feelings, i should have done something um you know those are there. There are definitely uh, paths toward toward healing, and and they can bring you closer to your partner. They can bring you closer to your children, and and really give you uh you know give you back that sense of power for yourself. So it's not you know the same things that that a woman um, a birth giver can can gain from the healing of birth trauma. Uh, the the partner can gain as well. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for mentioning that because I think we had talked about that in our pre-conversation that, you know, men are just important. And what, and actually there is research that one in 10 men go through, you know, postpartum depression and we don't talk about them and it's not a thing, but it is a thing. And the, their, their depression comes out in different ways because, you know, just as it is an identity change for a woman and, it, you know, it's like we become a woman to a mom. That's a big change in itself, you know, and then one, every time, every time. Yes. Thank you. From every one time. kid to the next time, it's still a big change because now you you're a mother of two and then that in itself is a you know balancing and juggling two kids three kids four kids that's a big change so every time it, you're so right uh, so just like that I think it's a big change for the father too and I don't think that should be dismissed you know it's like yeah just because he's there it's not just he's a sperm donor he his emotions his prov provision in the family is just as important and his partnership in that experience is just as valid N men feel emotions it's just that they don't express it as easily or they don't talk about it but there is all these things that they go through as well and it's important that you know that there is at least awareness around it 100 percent 100 percent so tell me um go ahead yeah no, yeah. So tell me a little <laughs> bit about the, your workshop, uh, the birthing workshop that you did mention. I want to talk about it because I know that you have so much to say about it. So I want to give it some time. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, 
one of my favorite things to talk about. Yay. Uh, what happened after my own healing process was I realized that after my fourth birth, and it was a healing experience, and I was, you know, I did find the right support people. Um, I'm the kind of person who always goes back and analyzes, like, what just happened, right? How did that work, right? And I, so I had this amazing healing experience, and I felt so much better, and I, I, I had to break it down. And um, what ended up happening was that when I started to be willing to tell people that I was a doula again, right. yes. uh, um, I would say, you know, oh, so what do you do? And I'd be like, oh, I'm a doula. Right. And they immediately launch into their stories. Uh-huh. It was like I was attracting all of these, by and large, horror stories yeah. of, of giving birth. Yes. You know, and in the worst possible environments, you know, on the playground, um, when we're like, you know, trying to get our kids off of each other, on, uh, you know, online at the grocery store, walking down the street, like in the in the weirdest, most random places where people would wow. start to tell me their stories. Let me tell you what happened to me. And it just felt like women were like, you know, heard that I'm somebody who will listen, listen. who knows what birth looks like. Right. And. And please listen to me because I have this story that nobody else will listen to. And that in itself is very healing. You know, I mean, that's what happens in therapy. So I'm going to have do a the, talk about that after our, the week I hire you episode, because I think it's so important to, like you said, have a good relationship with your doula, just like you need a good relationship with your um, therapist. And, you know, yeah. we, we are not a part of the birthing process we are after, but you are. And I think it's really important, like you said, you know, even with your midwife, or any professional that you find, it's really important to have a good relationship with your professional that you decide to go with. Because if they're not the right fit, like you said, they can really traumatize you or, you know, can cause you more hurt than harm. 100%. 100%. Trust. Trust is really the thing. Trust. Absolutely. Um, And feeling heard. Um, Yeah. And so... When, so I, I, you know, after this happened, like a whole bunch of times, I went home and my husband, bless his heart, he's so amazing, incredible <laughs> uh, support for me. And yeah. I sat down and I said, Yoram, his name's Yoram, yeah, I have to talk about this because people need a place to tell their stories. And yeah. I need a place where I can help them through their story. Right. I can really listen to them, like not in the playground when our toddlers are falling off the jungle gym. Like I really (laughs) need to be able to sit with them. And I said, what, how can I do this? And he knows that the answer to that is, I don't know. I yell it. What do you think? So, you know, like just sit there and listen. (laughs) Use your sounding board. (laughs) I just, I just needed the sounding board. No, he has great ideas too, but mostly it's just like, uh, what what do you think? uh, you know, so I talked some things out and and came to this idea of of, of this workshop and uh, was uh, that that baby, uh, my fourth is uh, nine years old. So that was uh, almost nine years. Yeah, almost uh, eight years ago um, when we had this conversation and I, I've been running these workshops ever since. So it's, what is it? It's the opportunity to tell your story without being dead to be heard by myself who's been there and knows birth inside and out 
right. um, in so many different variations right. to be heard by three other women who have gone through a birth that they came also to process. Wow. Um, no interruption. Right. And then to have the, ter- the opportunity to walk back through that story. Right. And, and answer questions that you've been holding on to. Find the moments of power in your story. Um, find, validate the feelings that you, that you have been feeling these, this whole time since it happened. Mm. Uh, but everybody kind of told you, oh, don't worry, at least you and your baby are alive. And so yes. therefore you should just be grateful. Yes. And I, I, you know, I give, give you that space to feel those feelings and to know that they're real. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and ultimately to release the trauma that you've been holding mm. and move forward in your life. You know, I, I say like the reason I call it birthing our stories is one, it's the opportunity to give birth to the story of your right. experience. Absolutely. And then also it's the story. It's this, it's, it's the, you know, this is a part of your life story. Right. It's, but when you're in this trauma feeling, it's like that chapter is still open, right? So if you're the hero of your story, there's no closure, right? This this will always be part of there. Yes. If it still causes you any emotional charge when you're narrating the story, it's still traumatic. It's still traumatic. Exactly. Or healed when you felt hurt, when you felt validated, when you feel empowered, when you feel strength, when you feel power again, after being through something so difficult that yeah. nobody else thought was difficult because, you know, trauma is in the eye of the beholder. This yeah. entirely, this experience is entirely a very healing and a soothing process that gets you to the other side and That's close exactly that. It. Close that chapter and let it be a source of strength instead of pain. Love so, it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So tell us a little bit about where people can find you and what are some of the, um, give me three different, three advice that you would give women or partners or, you know, men um, as a part of the birthing experience. And, you know, if they're expecting, what what would it be just from your experience? Three. Okay. (laughs) I could give a lot. (laughs) Let's start with three. Um, One is number one is that the outcome and the experience are two different things. Mm. You can be grateful and joyful that you are alive, that you and your baby are here to tell the tale. You can be joyful in every moment of your child's life and still feel grief. Thank you about your birth experience and still feel all the feelings of your birth experience. Absolutely. They are two different things and one doesn't mitigate the other. Yes. That's number one. Yes, absolutely. No, it's so true because I think, and that's one of the reasons, you know, when I founded my group, which was like pregnant and new moms mental wellness support group, it was exactly for that very reason, because most of the time we get so consumed as a society, especially in the South Asian culture, we're very big on, oh, the child is here now, who cares about the mother? 
And it's like, yeah. hello, like you went through one of the biggest changes of your life. You're going to continue going through this change mentally, psychologically, emotionally for the next two, three, physically, because our bodies are not where we started. And that's a big change for a lot of women. And it's not a change very well accepted. So, you know, for the first four years, that's a very difficult process. So, hey, who forget? Let's forget about the baby. Let's you know, or let's forget about the mom. And the idea is that let's you know just now the baby is here. So just focus on being happy. Just focus on being there for the baby. Just focus on the baby, and everything will go away. And like we said earlier, it doesn't go away. So it is a process of grieving at the same time that you can feel the joy in the moments that the baby is here. The exhausting part, the hormonal changes part, the chemical imbalances part, it's not a joke. Right, right. It's real. Very, very, very well. And it's it's two different. Yeah, and it's two different things. Yes. Um, The second thing I would say is human beings are infinitely resilient. Yes. Have the ability to overcome anything. And here's the best part. Babies are also human. Yes. They can overcome. Yes. 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 And like you said, and I think they overcome if we are conscious parents as a result of that. You know, yes, they go through their hardships too. But I think like a lot of times, one of my big things in, you know, maternal parenting is that it's okay if your baby sees that you're a wreck. You know, I don't, the idea, it's like we role model so much of our behaviors. Babies learn not by what we say, but what by what we say and what we do and act, you know? So it's so important that if we have our big feelings and show them that it's okay to have big feelings, but then talk about it and manage those big feelings and apologize and amend those feelings. That's so, that, that, that makes for a very healthy, emotionally intelligent, positive kid than, if we have, and I think it's a big part of, you know, some of the um, intergenerational stuff that I'm very big on because we pass on our traumas to our kids. If we haven't adapted or healed from it, we role model that. So, you know, it just, we continue to carry on the cycle. So it's so important that the resiliency is passed on by, if we want to break the cycles, we need to be able to discuss these things and emotionally adapt to those things and heal and, you know, address it as opposed to just deny it and act like it didn't happen or it was going to go away and then continue to feel the guilt. We just think positive. Right. Right. There's the whole concept around toxic positivity too. You can't be positive all the time. It's impossible to be positive. It's just almost abnormal to be positive all the time. You know, so like you said, the whole resiliency thing is so important that yes, they, they know they get over it, but just being involved with them in through this process is just as important. Yeah. And it's not just, you know, it's on that note, like we talked before that babies feel what the mothers are feeling and, you know, and yes, yes. And so, but take that for the good part also that when you are going through a healing process, when you are, uh, you know, when you are unconsciously or without words, you know, feeling joy and love to your baby, your baby's feeling that too. Oh, absolutely. There's all energetic interaction between you and Like sometimes I have the toughest days and I just hold my son 
And I just feel the love that just comes from it. He doesn't talk. I don't talk. It's just the holding and hugging. And next day I wake up just as if nothing happened. And, you know, it just literally takes away all the anger, all the hurt, all the disappointment. And it's just tomorrow's a new day. And I just hold him. And that's all I need. And he doesn't even understand all of that. But he wakes up tomorrow is a new day, you know? It's all that oxytocin and endorphins is what it is. Yes. Yeah, 100%. I love a fellow nerd comment. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. So very well said. So what's your third? And my third is, you talked about intergenerational. And my third is, my dear friends and listeners, do it for your children. process and heal and come to a a positive uh, understanding of of giving birth for the sake of your children, for the sake of your daughters. Um, Doesn't matter what you choose. Making birth better is about women being heard, about about trusting women's, about the medical system, trusting women's intuition, about the medical system having an understanding of birth as a physiological process and not as a pathology. And that's another topic that I can go into. And healing from your birth experience, finding your power mm. is, is, is what is going to change birth for all human beings, for Absolutely. ourselves, for our babies being born, and for, the, for our daughters. Absolutely. And sons. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You couldn't have said it more because I I truly just being in this work for almost a decade now, I'm very big. And that's one of the reasons also that, you know, this podcast is so important to me, because I feel that we as a society could break the cycles that our parents didn't inadvertently know, but did. And we're going to do the same. But if we're informed through it, we can raise a community of people, you know, and we can leave a nation of people for our kids and their friends and their cousins and, you know, the the nation that they're living in and residing in to be much kinder, healed and peaceful then, you know, because when we are hurt, we feel that hurt on other people, whether we like it or not, until we process it. And it's so important that we process it to become the better version of ourselves. Um, And in order to break those cycles so that, you know, yes, we pass on some of our traumas and depression, like 50%, there's this huge thing about 50%, we pass on 50% of our, um, whether we like it or not, depression, anxiety, and PTSD is genetically predisposed, we are predisposed to it from our parents. So if they weren't treated or even diagnosed for it, we got it. And then somehow some of the things in our lives that happen triggers it. And then we live in it, we experience in it. And if we don't heal from it or work towards healing and processing through some of those things, A, we don't learn better coping skills and adapting through it. We don't feel healed. So our cells and body still carries those messages. And then, you know, we act out in ways that we wish we didn't. whether it's anger, whether it's, you know, shaming others, whether it's being judgmental, whether it's alcohol, whether it's any kind of addiction or any other abandonment that we pass on to our, you know, uh, future generations. So I think it's really important that we work towards, you know, for our children being uh, better people. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Thank you. Do it for your daughters. Hashtag do it for our daughters. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to have to um, make a note of that. Yeah, um, that's one of my hashtags. <laughs> tell us. Really? I love it. Yeah, okay. do it for your daughters. 
so tell us a little bit about where can people find you? Where give me I, I'm gonna have that all that information in the show notes, but just so I know. Yeah. Um, first of all, there are two different um, free uh, resources that I'd love to offer to you guys. Um, you. One is, uh, yeah, if you're currently pregnant or um, thinking about trying to conceive and you're thinking about all this and saying, well, what can I do to have a positive birth? Um, I have an ebook of the four elements of a, of a positive birth experience, The Powerful Woman Guides to Guide to a Positive Birth. Um, and uh, I'll give you the, the link to that. Um, and if you're somebody who, wherever you are at on this, on this journey, if you're feeling triggered by your birth experience in any way, um, I have a, a really cool um, trigger release formula um, yeah, that I will uh, happily, happily share. So Thank you can you. get that at, that one is at birthingourstories.com. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah. And the, uh, the powerful woman guide, I, I don't know if I have a link for it yet, but before you, uh, before yeah. this goes to, yeah. this <laughs> before this airs, I will send it to you. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. But you can, you can search powerful woman's guide to a better birth. You'll find it. Awesome. And then give me your social handles so that just in case if people want to be connected to you, then they can be. Yeah. On uh, Facebook, you can find me at Healing Her. Um, That's my page. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at Ayala Schwell. And I think that's pretty much the main places where I'm at. You can always email me, Ayala at HealingHer.net. Uh, or I yell it at birthingourstories.com. They all come to the same place. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, happy to, always happy to hear from people and, and you know, answer questions and, and help if I can. Thank you so much. I appreciate your wealth of knowledge and everything that you have offered to me in every single conversation that we've had. And I really, really, truly am so blessed to be connected to you um, through this experience. So thank you for being a part of this journey with me. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure and an honor, really, to be part of this with you as well. It's It's been amazing to have these conversations with you. And um, yeah, I just hope that good things come. Thank you. Thank you. I can't wait. Um, we'll have you back someday. Um, and for now, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Um, as you all know, I don't like saying bye, but see you next time. And if you like what you hear, um, please don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode with us. And please, if you would be so kind to rate and review our show, it really helps people finding us and the algorithms and Google and all that good stuff. So um, thank you so much for being a part of this journey with me. And um, see you next time. Speak with you soon.